We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Stay hot, stay hot, stay hot, stay hot. Vladen, Matthew, Theo, stay hot. Welcome back to another YouTube Live. How are you today? At Stay Hot. I don't I don't know. I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it, but how are you guys doing? Bad after hearing that. <laughs> Bad after hearing that. It's okay. I'll make it up to you. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Watch the uh the last game of Tom Brady's career. Watch him get dismantled. Hopefully. <laughs> he played bad. He played real bad. Yes, he did. It was an uncharacteristic game for him. He was, he's throwing things in the dirt. I don't remember the last time I've ever seen Tom Brady do that. And like, you know, I, I guess I don't, I haven't watched it on all 22. And I don't know all the inner workings of everything that was happening on each one of those <laughs> plays, but I certainly know the ball is not supposed to go where it was going. <laughs> Most definitely that cannot be the play design. So. So I wonder true. what his next step is. I kind of think he just retires, honestly. That's what I would do. I don't know why. Why I'm 47, dude, just hang it up. I would have hung it up after last year. I would have really retired. That would have been it for me. That would have been fine. I would have hung, hung it up after they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, after he was drunk on that boat, throwing the trophy around. Yeah. like that. I don't know. I would you would have been you would have been sitting there, you got twenty-five million dollars coming in. You would have been like, dang, I could go get another one. Whole team was coming back. I don't blame him for running it back last year. That yeah, I no, get I, I oh, don't yeah. really either. But I think I think that's maybe hindsight twenty twenty from some people where that you know, they didn't win it, but they could have easily. They easily, easily could have won the Super Bowl last year, but now I, I think I'd be done. Yeah. Do you guys think he's washed though? I don't know. I the the one side of me does say yes, he is washed, but also they were the Cowboys just played good defense, I thought. Like the pass rush got home, 
Michael Parsons had a really good game. Anytime that the Bucks needed to get like a big chunk play, the pass rush got there and forced a bad pass. It felt like more so than just like Brady just being bad. I mean, he didn't play well, but like I thought the Cowboys defense just deserved a lot of credit for playing. He's really, a little really washed. Well. He, he a little bit, but like I he, thought that- he can't really extend plays properly. So he's kind of a funky dude in that sense. I mean, less so than I think pretty much any other quarterback. And he's, he's you know, I don't expect him if he plays next year to just be firing things into the dirt all the time. Don't get me wrong. But I do think there's some pretty hardcore limitations with having Brady on your team. And I think the age is, is a pretty serious worry, honestly. I think I think when I watch him, I, I still see the arm strength there. I still think that he, you know, can push it down the field in ways that maybe Breeze or Ben Roethlisberger couldn't when they were, you know, at the back end of their career. I think he's got a little bit more zip on the ball and a little bit more range than those guys did. And you know, he was never someone who was really a fluid athlete or someone who was going to move around. And honestly, I think he's doing that the same that he's ever that he's done before as well. But I do think that he is, you know, he's getting the ball out so fast this year, faster than he ever has, that he's taken less hits than he ever has. He's taken less sacks than he ever has. And, you know, that's a good thing on one hand. But on the other hand, you know, once you get older, those hits just start to hurt a little bit more. And, you know, he can't really hang in there the way that he used to, I think. And I feel like that kind of jitteriness and that, you know, I, I must not take a hit mentality kind of causes maybe some of those inaccurate balls and maybe causes him to release the ball in, in, in maybe a more funky way than he would like to. And then you see these accuracy problems because obviously he's smarter than he's ever been. Obviously, you know, with age, that doesn't go away. Um, and obviously, you know, he is, he is um, you know, like, I, just as athletic as he's ever been. Honest, like, I truly don't think that he's like at a... If anything, he might huge, be more athletic than he's ever been. I don't think that he's like hugely different, maybe not more athletic than he's ever been, but he hasn't like fallen off a cliff in that area. But I think the area where he really has fallen off a cliff is is his willingness to stand in and, and take hits. He just is getting the ball out so fast. And I don't know if he'll retire. Um, one thing I do think is a possibility is, you know, if you look at all these teams and you look at um, where he could go and you look at the fact that the Buccaneers need a coach and, and, you know, where truly if, if people are coming back, if they have another off season and Kappa, not Kappa, if Jensen plays a full year and, you know, maybe with an off season to draft some talent, you know, maybe Tampa still is the most talented place to get, but if they fire bowls and if they type fire left, witch and all of that, I wonder if they would trade for Sean Payton and I guess it's in the division. So that's a little bit tough to see, you know, maybe the, the saints don't want to make that deal and trade Payton within the division. But I, right. I think that that offense where it's, you know, a lot of these routes where people sit down and a lot of these routes where, you know, people, the, everything that annoys people about the chargers would make sense for Brady just because, you know, he's not, maybe doesn't have the most powerful arm in the league anymore. And it would be able to, you'd be able to get the ball out of his hands fast. And, you know, Sean Payton would probably want to work with a guy like that. So I think that can make some sense, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's completely washed at this point, but he, he can't play to the same level that he used to. So, and it's like, what do you have to prove? You know, like why go through this long decline when, you know, you don't need to get another ring for your legacy, right? You've already, you've already at the top of the mountain. Why, why just 
go through all those lean years you could, and you can just hang it up now with, you know, with maybe breeze, I get it. Cause it's like, you, you, you could use one more, right. To really cement, you could use one more if you're Rogers, you could, I don't know, maybe that, that fire. And I'm sure that fire still burns in Brady, but like, why, <laughs> why, man, you're at the top already. There's nothing, there's no, an amazing season doesn't do anything to help you legacy wise. It just, you know, it's, it's just, it's just going to be tough and you're just going to get take keep taking those hard hits and you're going to be 47 and yeah who knows so well that, that that's what i was saying about you know brady not being able to extend plays at all it's not that his athleticism has declined it's like yeah he's he gets the ball out incredibly quickly because he has to i think that really limits what you can do i think that's that's difficult you know to an extent when it's like i must get rid of the ball instantly i can't be touched I don't disagree necessarily about Tampa Bay. I know they're in, they would have to really, really, you know, get aggressive cap wise because they're, you know, they're negative $40 million before even signing Brady and all, all that jazz. And they're getting older and up there. It might be true. I mean, you look at some of the options like Jets is their offensive line where it needs to be. I like you you the Belichick division is I think the biggest hang up there. I think you might just say, I can't, I can't play the Patriots twice a year. I can't help the jets win this. Like, I truly think you, you know, with absolutely nothing left to prove, like you might as well keep your reputation. Like at this point, keeping his reputation in New England, not that it would ruin his reputation when years go by, but like, seriously, what, what would that accomplish truly besides making Patriots fans kind of mad at him? I, I don't know. I think that that would, a bad legacy play even if the team is good and then i think the other big option is the 49ers but they've already got their own they're throwing another guy into that mess you know it's like you, they've got lance and purdy and i guess you know maybe if you like brady better than them you you, know, you start brady and have lance is the two and purdy is the three i don't oh, know good Lord. so I, I i i think he just hangs it up i would just just yeah. It's okay, you know. It's fine. Maybe he goes to Vegas though, and plays with Josh McDaniels and Devonte Adams, and you know they've got Darren Waller and Renfo and Josh Jacobs, and you know he would take less money because he always has. I could see that being a that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I'd question the offensive line though. I would too. I would too. But maybe he just says I can get the ball out faster than these fast rushers can win. Just watch me right. at age 50. You're going to get, you're going to see some things you've, you wouldn't well, believe, but not yeah, working I, now, I man. think, I don't know. I, I kind of think that I, I don't know what he does. I don't really care what he does either. So I do care that Dak Prescott is amazing. Oh my he God. Is amazing. He's so he, good. That was a pinpoint game from, from him, just a complete dissection of that defense from the pocket. And I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about Dak, which was proven by me making the video after that game where I called him a, a top three pocket passer with Herbert and, and Burrow and, and himself. I think when I think about like guys who just strictly went from the, or not strictly, but you know, that's kind of their game as, as traditional quarterbacks. I think that Dak is, is up there with those three when it comes to just, pre-snap control and and reading things out and the accuracy it's it's all there the aggressiveness to actually push it downfield and the the ability to make a couple things happen if the pocket is is breaking down and the movement which is something that maybe guys like golf and cousins don't quite have so 
and then I said that, and I, I really think all the evidence backs that up when you look at how many points the Cowboys have scored and how successful they've been with him at quarterback. And, you know, the numbers he himself has put up have been, you know, rival anybody. And uh, people just really push back on that idea. You know, he throws too many picks, even though he's thrown 25 in the last two years and Burrow's thrown 26 in the last two years and Herbert's thrown 25 in the last two years. Like, he's really not this like, and a lot of the, he's made some bad decisions this year, no doubt, and thrown some bad picks, but there's also been a lot of drops and whatnot. And then some people are like, what do you mean Dak is a pocket passer? It's like, you are just looking at, <laughs> you, that has got to be racist if you do not know that yeah. Dak is a pocket passer, yeah. dude. So I, I think there's just a lot of misconceptions about his game and, and the caliber of player that he is just because of, of how people talk about the Cowboys and how polarizing they are. But um, yeah. I almost, I, I almost wonder if I think, the like even the most pocket passery pocket passers okay burrow dak and herbert right all those guys can move though right none yeah, of those guys yeah, are like and 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 i think people are hardwired to think that when like we're talking pocket passer we're talking like peyton manning <laughs> like even this peyton, guy yeah, like is, old is, peyton or... can't run at all it's like not really man and there's no that there's no quarterback coming in the league right now that is going to be just completely immobile, you they know. Would, so even I mean like Herbert's incredibly athletic, you know. Burrow Burrow runs and and Dak can obviously run too. So maybe people are looking at that too much, but yeah, Dak is obviously. Yeah, I mean Gino passer. also is a really good pocket passer and he can move a little bit. It's mm -hmm. you know Cousins and and Stafford when he's healthy too. You know maybe he's the closest thing to someone who's like not mobile and. And then there's obviously like there's Rodgers and, and Brady at this point as well, who are up there, but maybe losing a little bit of their fast. And then there's whereas, the 40 year olds. Yeah. Right. Whereas these guys are enter, entering the <laughs> right. prime. But yeah, I, I think that, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really cool performance to see from Dak, you know, someone who, you know, has all these kind of lazy narratives spewed about him. And I, I really like to see it. And I really liked their off the offensive line performance. He had all day to throw. And I, I think about the 49ers and they, they always, they never line up in bare fronts where it's like five guys down linemen. They're, they don't really create one-on-ones. They, they just rush their four guys. No matter what mm -hmm. your personnel is, they, they're like, our guys are better. We can line up the way we want to want to line up. It'll be four, two, and then everybody on the back end, the five, four, two, five on the back, like that's what we're going to do. And you can line up however you want to line up. And, you know, maybe we'll sub in base and sub out a, you know, ward or something like that for, for a linebacker. But we're, we're lining up with four guys. And I look at the Cowboys and, you know, the level that they've got Tyron Smith back now, you can have Tyron Smith and Zach Martin on one side, right? The right side. And then you can slide the line left. And then that other, you can have Zach Martin one-on-one -on -one with somebody and then you can have Biotish and, you know, uh, McGovern double teaming the other interior linemen. And then you can have Tyler Smith with chip help on the, uh, on the other tackle side, who's, which, and all of those things are like pretty good. Like if you can get one-on-ones like Tyler Smith, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, and then double team, like get help to your weaker links. Like those are guys who can win, right? Even against some of the top guys in the league, like those are guys who can win. So I think like if they can play well against this 49ers defense, and I think they can, right? The Seahawks were moving the ball, right? The Seahawks were moving the ball. Mm -hmm. um, Stidham dropped 30 on them. Like it is, they are not unbeatable. They are not an right. unbeatable all time. Like we'll be telling our kids about this defense, like the Legion of Boom, I think. I, I think if they can hold up against rushing four and give Dak time, 
I, I think they could potentially slice up this, this defense a little bit a little bit more than, than other teams can. And then you just have to bank on Purdy playing about the same level as he did last game. And maybe a couple of those bad you throws make getting the picked. plays when Purdy throws the bad throws. That's, that's the thing that really killed the Seahawks is they, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't win off the, the Purdy bad throws. I mean, it was a lot of things, yeah. but though that really kills them. And it's like, and part of that, it's not even necessarily your defense doing anything wrong, but it's like when an errant throw happens, it's you gotta have it go your way one of those times. You can't yeah. have it go through your hands. You can't have it just land in no man's land, luckily, right? Right. Yeah. And and the the I think there have been times like I think last year's playoff game, they came out and they looked so sloppy against the 49ers. I remember there just being tons of penalties and there have just been games this season where they just come out and they don't look buttoned up. And I think that comes down to, and there's definitely a chance that that happens against the 49, like the Cowboys at their best. And this has been true for years. Like the ceiling of these Cowboys is they win the Super Bowl, Right. And they just haven't quite reached that because, you know, <laughs> every like, single year, <laughs> like dumb shit or, or, you know, they just come up, come out flat or something like that in the biggest moment. And the 49ers have two more days of rest than the Cowboys do playing Saturday morning versus Monday, which night. is so unfair. That's yeah. so brutal. That's really right. fucked. So, so it's definitely, I don't, I'm not like, I, I feel very confident that the Cowboys can win this game they can but um i don't know if they they will so we'll see yeah i I was up late last night thinking about this game and and i know we'll probably want to talk about it on wednesday as well uh, or on our thursday release but i was like man like this 49ers team the, the only thing that really scares me with the cowboys at this point is like the 49ers running the ball right because the cowboys have let up they're like bottom 10 in the league in yards allowed on the ground. And it seems to be a lot of bend don't break stuff. So I'm like, okay, maybe if you could just like not give up the, the super long 60 yard touchdown, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Ray Ray McLeod, as long as you don't give up something like that, you'll probably be okay. The other thing that scares me is the way that the Seahawks were really staying in that game offensively was with uh, a high powered deep, deep passing attack, right? They have two really high level, deep ball receivers and they have a quarterback that has been incredibly accurate throwing down the field and not that Dak isn't that caliber of a a passer, but the Cowboys do not really access the the downfield threat the same way that Seattle does. And I, and I worry if they're going to be able to take advantage of some weak corner play on the outside, the same way that Seattle was able. I disagree completely. I think Dak is super aggressive and no, I think I, I don't doubt Dak. I doubt like, Outside of CD, who is creating down the field for them? Gallup. Gallup is a good player. I guess, yeah. <laughs> they I get stay, heavy I personnel. I, th- I think, yeah, I, I think that they actually push it down the field quite a bit. Like, they get in these heavy looks. You'll see them play, like, in with two tight ends and this, these big running looks and then they play action and try to hit these deep shots and to like, yeah, you know, Noah Brown, they could use a better number two next to CD like Gallup is, you know, maybe not what he was pre-injury or Noah Brown or something like that. I could see it, but I, I don't think that this team isn't like I, when I watch the Cowboys, I don't think to myself, this team needs to push it down the field more. I think they, <laughs> Dak is very aggressive. He's good for he'll every single game. He will th- throw it, right up the pipe on like up the seam, even if it's covered, like it'll be Tampa two and the middle linebacker will be running up with the guy running down the seam and there'll be two safeties 
and like the perfect throw, you have to like throw it right in the center of those three players. Dak will like attempt that once a game. <laughs> he 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 loves to to throw the tight window pass, and he he loves to be aggressive. And I think that's what as someone asked me, like, what makes Dak different than Carr? Because you know, Carr is a pocket passer, and Carr threw a bunch of picks this year, like Dak did, and. You know they they don't really run all that often, but I think I think the biggest answer is Dak's aggressiveness. Like open raises the ceiling for the for the offense because you know there's something that you know Dak or Carr might look at, and maybe he has the talent to make the throw, but he thinks you know that could get picked. I'm I'm checking it down, and he still throws picks. Dak sees an opportunity like that, and he's firing that shit in there anyway so that's i think i think something they can't i think they can still take advantage of you know if, if there's drops if they don't make the play but uh then that'll then that'll hurt but i think there's going to be opportunity i, I don't th- it's not like they're playing you know tampa versus s- s- who you know tampa gets the ball out so fast they don't push it down the field i don't think as much as yeah. they should i i think dak does do that where do you guys think Derek Carr goes? I've been thinking about this and I'm having a hard time. There's like a, a few places where you could be like, okay, that makes sense, right? But Jets, we like Garoppolo as the guy there. Not impossible. The Panthers, I feel like, are probably going to draft a guy. Probably, but you, you never would know hope, with them. Right? And then I'm like, I'm I'm kind of blanking on on where like he's going to start somewhere. He's easily, he's easily a starter. I, but think, I, I can't I can't pinpoint exactly where I think Indy makes a lot of sense. Even if they do draft a guy, I could see them bringing in Carr as kind of like the bridge guy. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I could see definitely some of these teams that need a quarterback who, you know, didn't quite make the playoffs or, you know, something like that, like Washington, but or Indy. Well, Indy did not just not quite make the playoffs. They, they, <laughs> yeah, airballed they the shot no, and they missed everything. They're no good. They didn't rattle out. Um <laughs> But they've just run so many retreads that it's tough to be like, oh, they're going to try it again with Derek or they're going to bring in another vet instead of drafting. <laughs> That's what I'm something. saying. Right. right. It's so, like, and so a team like Indy, if, the, if they're at four, like they haven't been able to find anybody since luck, right? They've been bringing in old guy who's fallen out at a different place or gotten older after old guy who's fallen out at another place. And like now they're sitting there at four. They're guaranteed stroud levis richardson or or young right they're going to get one they have an opportunity at one of those four guaranteed they're probably the most likely to trade up for young like that's it's probably what they're doing and that that's the one that makes the most sense to me i think i think something like i know that there's been there's been howl qb1 rumors yeah i'm thinking there is no way a coach that is going to get fired in week four if they start one and three would actually do that. They have a top five defense in the league, and maybe that changes after Deron Payne leaves, or yeah, you know, who knows? They we'll see right. what it looks like after the offseason. But they this year they had a great defense. They've got great weapons. They've got a coach who needs to win to keep his job, and they're going to roll with a fifth round pick who like played well in one game, right there. I just do not believe that that's going to happen. So I, I know that they've been bringing in all these retreads. I know that they probably want to. A rookie to call their own which they haven't had in years and years since rg3 basically but I, I do think a team like washington could could benefit but you know the other three teams in the afc or in the nfc east are all in the playoffs they're all in the final four in their conference and you know maybe they play the they want to play the long game and and maybe 
you know, get a rookie instead of trying to contend right now in a division that looks pretty stacked against them right now. So I don't know, but I, I feel like, I feel like it could be, um, it could be Washington. It just, even it's so that. tough because all the options are like, if Indianapolis does it, we're doing this again. If the yeah. Panthers do it, we're doing this again. Even if Washington does it, we're doing this again. None of those teams are like, maybe the Jets are the one team where it's like, if they sign like a guy who is maybe just like the expectation is for him to be a game manager at a free agency. I don't think anyone's going to be mad at that. Like people want to see that for the Jets. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is serious for the Jets in a way that it would not be serious for the Colts or it would not be serious for the Panthers or Washington. So it's like outside of the Jets and it's like Carr is easily a top 32 quarterback. Uh, no question about it at this point, right. but like, I, I don't, I don't see, I'm not saying he's not going to get signed somewhere. I'm just saying I'm having a hard time seeing him getting signed somewhere and people hyping themselves up too, too much about it. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of the spots are wonky car to Atlanta. This, yeah, I could see that too. Atlanta's a, a team that, you know, maybe, you know, you've got Ritter and he showed something in that last game, but it's tough to ride into him with him as, as your future going into next season. And, you know, they draft kind of in that middle part of the draft or the, do they want to trade up for a quarterback? I, I could see Atlanta doing that. Um, certainly. It's a tough one for them. I haven't really thought about their quarterback situation. Um, I'd like to say that they're going to keep Ritter. <laughs> I honestly thought that he looked pretty good and he was getting better. At like each game, he looked a little bit better, but it's so tough. It's like we saw these, what, I mean, we saw like four Ritter games. I just should have put him in sooner. (laughs) If there had been eight games, we'd know. There's four, we don't. I won't blame him. It's tough because if he looked horrible in all four games, too, it would have been like, okay. But like the fact that he got progressively better, I think, but I think you can keep him on the bench maybe and, you know, bring Carr in and, that maybe doesn't close the door on him ever starting for your team, right? You think about like Rogers and love and you think about like how love sat for all these years and he'll probably get his shot after next season or something like that. You know, maybe you could bring in Carr for two years, Ritter's your backup for two years. And then, you know, you see what you're, where he's at year four and, and what you want to do with him. I don't know, but he's a third round pick again, the sunken cost fallacy to, doesn't even really do, do you apply, think so do you think know. they give arthur smith four years to f- kind of figure it out yeah he definitely has to start showing results here soon um right but i don't think you can make decisions especially right now i know i know that you know some coaches absolutely do make decisions knowing they're about to be fired i don't know if if smith should quite be in that mode yet I don't think he's on the hot seat, but like if we get, if they're just like, we're waiting for Ritter for four years. I mean, it doesn't have to be four years. It can be like one year with car. And then, you know, we'll or your car can, your plan can just be like, we'll bring in car. And before Ritter's rookie deal is up at some point, we'll, you know, that, that door isn't closed, but you know, I, I yeah. don't know. It's not like you have to cut the guy, right? That's kind of what I'm saying. It's not yeah. like if you bring Carr in, true. like Ritter's gone, you know, but it definitely is the best way to learn is, is in games, right? It, it feels like, you know, you, someone maybe wouldn't make strides quite as fast, like against practice as it would against in, in-game reps. But I, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. It is a toughie. It's a toughie, as, as Bladen would say. 
Is what do you guys think that about the say? Panthers coaching search That's right a now? Do you, have any I, you got cooked for saying that one time. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> you said you've posted a screenshot of you texting your girlfriend and you said oh. that's a toughie. <laughs> that's, that's normal. I don't see what's yeah. wrong with that. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I just remember that being something that people were making. I so never mind. I, I'm not. You know, you know blatant lore better than me. Man. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Uh, I'm talking myself into Ben Johnson though for Panthers head coach. Yes. He's good. Yes. And it's not built all that different than they're not that built all that different than the lions are, are they? And that's, that's what I, I made a video about it. You can go watch it. It's on the channel right now. And I said exactly that. Yeah. Bring in Stroud, have him be golf with Ben Johnson with an offensive line. That's pretty decent. Bring in a, you know, it's not that hard to find a Jonathan. Will you got, you got DJ Moore. He can be your, your, yeah. Well now I'm just spoiling Matt's video, but yeah, I, 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 I like Ben Johnson a lot as a head coaching candidate. I, I love listening to him. Like if you watch his press conferences, I think that they're very engaging. And, um, I, I honestly learn things when I listen to him talk and his scheme is good. So I'm like, I don't, he passes the vibe check. It's not like Hackett when I watched him mic'd up and was like, this guy's weird. This guy's weird. Or I don't even know other, some guys just get the, you, you hire them and they just kind of seem like a warm body. I don't know, but Ben Johnson doesn't quite seem like that. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely like that hire for anybody. Um, um what are we, I was really hoping the Browns would get Brian Flores as their new defensive coordinator. They ended up signing Jim Schwartz. I don't think I'm mad at that though. Um, Getting a guy out of that Tennessee defense doesn't seem like a bad move. They have crushed it the past couple of years defensively. Um, but I, I really, I really did want Flores. I wonder Flores if Flores cool. Jim Schwartz has been around, man. Though, like he's just been, you know, in the league for as long as I can remember. That's for sure. Like in yeah. some role, they went back when he was head coach of the lions. And yeah, I remember there was one year where they, they had pretty good results and I think won 10 games and maybe went to the playoffs or something like that. But he's always been, you know, a defensive coordinator in in Philadelphia for a while. I don't know. I, he's, I wish I, I would have to dive in more. Maybe, I mean, you've got to game pass blade and you could, you could yeah. do this if he's the Browns head coach, but I know he's led some high level defenses in Philly. I, I can tell you exactly what his scheme is i i'm not that in tune to all the coaches I'm, across i am the not league, i but. mean he was he was like a defensive assistant in tennessee last year so right well look at the philly defenses before gannon uh their head coach he was he was there for years and years and years all right um, we'll, we'll see we'll see what they were doing and regardless the browns still need to infuse some more talent on that defense they don't have the juice up front right now outside of garrett um I do wonder if Flores ends up getting a head coaching job, though. No. I would. You don't think so? We talked about this with. I know with Chris but, Long. He's he's not the, he's not coaching in the NFL again, man. I, I I'm. <sighs> it might not be fair, but like you don't file a lawsuit in the league and. Leave, you don't think you don't think anyone goes off and you know you, they upgraded. And I don't like. I don't. Upgraded. The bro, the Dolphins were like basically the same. I don't think that's true at all. I, I think they were much better this year than last year. I think last year they were lucky to be nine and eight and this or nine and seven or whatever they were. And this year they were extremely unlucky to, to be the record they were last year. They sucked. And then they played this, this schedule of quarterbacks that were like laughably horrible. It was like, they would play like, 
just a murderer's row. Is, is that not what, like the opposite of what happened this year? They played like this awful stretch. They of had defenses. an easy stretch, but the, the, I mean, the Dolphins lost at least three or four games this year off of maybe not that many, at least three games off. And and even in the games where the playoffs started, the backup would get hurt. Like it seemed like every single week it was like, is Bridgewater like Bridgewater would be in for like four plays and then Thompson would come in or Thompson would be in for four plays and Bridgewater would come in. Like it wasn't even that they had a backup that was like, a, like a, a backup that could just, okay, we're going to prep for this game with this guy. And it was always like one or the other. So I, I think like, yeah, Miami, I think, was a much better team this year than they were last year. If I mean, you can just look at, to, to say otherwise, you just have to look at the two records and be like, well, they're close, so it's the same. But like the, in terms of, I mean, you could see that the Dolphins were playing, like Tua was playing at a much higher level this year than last year, and the offense was at a yeah. much higher level. And And Tua looking better this year really makes how Flores handled the Tua situation, particularly his rookie year, look not great with like the putting him in. And then if, if I remember correctly, it wasn't Tua's first game. Yeah, he got put in against like the Rams or something. And then they like pulled him back out for Fitzpatrick and then they put him back in. And then all, all they this realized he was going against like Donald and Von Miller. It, it, it said, <laughs> that I, I, that was that time, but that was, you know, not a, not a strong way to handle that. And he, there's, there's a lot of, I, I forget exactly all what happened, but there's a lot of talk about how he was fr- very frustrated with Tua. So Tua being good this year does not help his case. Yeah. And I think that he's a, he's a good defensive mind. And I, I would like to say, like, I thought that he was a Belichick disciple that, that did a pretty good job. And I'd like to see him work his way up as a, as a defensive coordinator and, you know, get hired somewhere as that. And maybe eventually if that defense is good for years, he gets, he gets a call, but like this off season, like there just needs to be more time after everything fair. that happened. I, and I, I don't know. Yeah. I still don't know if it was fair to fire, fire him. I think that it's definitely more fair to criticize his reign there after you know the the Tua comes out and is confident and plays well and you know credits you know having people who believed in him like that's that's definitely worth critiquing Flores for I think but I also think that he was like at the time he got fired I think that he was doing a decent job there even still with everything on defense and you know I do think that they were they didn't quite scheme it up like McDaniel's did but they were still doing the RPO stuff and designed an offense that made a lot of sense for for Tua's skill set they just didn't quite take it up a notch to like, like, um, they also didn't have Tyreek Hill. They also didn't have Tyreek Hill. <laughs> that's true. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see him get a head coaching job eventually, but I just don't know, man. It just feels like that's one of those that y- you don't come back from it seems, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. That's, that's fair. Uh, I don't know. What else is there? It's not a whole lot right now outside of, well, because we can't talk about all the matchups because we have to save that for tomorrow. Well, it's almost, <laughs> so, we're, we're a minute away. I've got to log off here. This is uh, a little bit of a shorter are you, one. What, what, are you guesting on another podcast, Theo? No, I've got some I've got some family stuff that I've got to take care of, actually. Ah, fair enough. Not nothing that I'm going to talk about on here. But yeah, I yeah, I'm not going to probe. I got to I got to head out. All right. Well, that'll that'll pretty much wrap things up then. We'll be back to talk about the matchups for the divisional round. Uh, We talked a little bit about Cowboys Niners, but we'll talk about that more in depth on Thursday's release. Thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. 
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.